Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the Advocacy and Pharmacy podcast. This podcast, hosted by ASHP's Government Relations Division, provides an update on what ASHP is currently involved with on the Hill at the state level, upcoming advocacy opportunities, PAC fundraisers, and strategies to increase member involvement with their representatives. My name is Bailey Larson, Strategic Initiatives Associate at ASHP, and I will be your host for today's episode. With me today is Doug Hewn, Director of Federal Legislative Affairs at ASHP. Thank you for joining me today, Doug. Let's get started on today's topic, which is the MAT Act. Thanks for having me, Bailey. So I'll start just sharing a little bit about this bill, and then I'd love to hear more of the details from you, since you have been following it closely for ASHP and advocating on this for a while now. This bill, the MAT Act, stands for Mainstreaming Addiction Treatment Act. It is legislation that would eliminate the X waiver, which the MAT Act does. It's HR 1384W445, which I'm sure means more to you, Doug, than it does for me. The bill removes the requirement that a healthcare practitioner apply for a separate waiver through the DEA to dispense certain narcotic drugs, most importantly here, buprenorphine, for maintenance or detoxification treatment. In other words, substance use disorder treatment. So more specifically, reading directly from the bill here, the MAT Act eliminates the separate registration requirements for dispensing narcotic drugs in schedules three, four, and five for maintenance or detoxification treatment. So under current law, medical professionals must receive a waiver from the DEA in order to prescribe buprenorphine to treat substance use disorder. So that's kind of the bones of the bill and what the MAD Act is. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, Doug? Sure. So as you mentioned, Bailey, you know, what the bill basically does is that it weighs the requirement that is applied to certain providers to prescribe buprenorphine and other medication for opioid use disorder. What it basically does is it creates training requirements for providers that are seeking MOUDs and it limits the number of patients that any provider can treat with MOUD. So that number right now is at 30. It also limits the types of providers that can order MOUDs. And, you know, the one thing that we want to emphasize is that currently pharmacists are not eligible for an X waiver. So, Before I get in a little bit into the history of the legislation, I just want to kind of give you a timeline of where we stand or what we've been doing in regards to addressing this particular issue. If you've participated in in several of our fly-ins in years past, you might remember that the ex-waiver issue has been front and center, along with a handful of other issues with that ACHP. In years past, one of the options that we looked at was to see if pharmacists could be considered an eligible provider under the X waiver requirement. So this is something that we explored a couple of years back, a couple of Congresses back. We came fairly close to having it introduced as legislation, but we fell a little bit short for a number of reasons. And so one of the things that we looked at in the current Congress was to look at some existing pieces of legislation that would address the same issue. And as you mentioned, of course, that would be the MAD Act. And so as opposed to trying to get some eligibility for pharmacists, we decided that it probably made more logistical sense to support a bill that would eliminate the X waiver altogether. So as you mentioned, this is basically a House and a Senate bill. You mentioned the House side, it's bill number 1384, which is led by Representative Tonka from New York. There's also a Senate companion bill, which is Senate Bill 445, 
which is led by Senator Hassan on the Senate side. And so I want to emphasize that this is not a new piece of legislation. Of course, as I mentioned just a minute earlier, this is a version of the bill that was reintroduced in the 117th Congress, but it was introduced in previous Congresses as well. It's got fairly broad bipartisan support, especially this year. On the House side, there are a little under 250 co-sponsors, split fairly evenly between Republicans and Democrats. On the Senate side, we only have about five co-sponsors, which is a little short of the number that we were accustomed to in years past on the Senate side. But again, I wouldn't be too alarmed about this in the way things have been going. This particular calendar year and in this particular Congress, it just seems as if the Senate's a little slow and lagging behind when it comes to co-sponsorships as opposed to the House side. So again, this is a piece of legislation that we've been supportive for in years past, and it's actually received a lot of momentum this particular Congress. So we're actually excited at the momentum that you know, we picked up and supported this particular piece of legislation. It's encouraging to hear the path that this bill has been on, and it sounds really promising with all those co-sponsors especially. So thanks so much for providing that background. It seems like this bill would have meaningful impact on patient care. I'm just going to share some statistics really quick and then talk about some of the benefits to patients and clinicians. So according to the CDC, over 100,000 drug overdose deaths occurred in the United States during the 12-month period ending in April 2021. This was an increase of 28.5% during the same period the year before. In 2021, it was estimated that only 20% of Americans struggling with opioid use disorder received specialty addiction treatment And the HHS Office of Inspector General found that 40% of counties in the United States did not have a single provider who can prescribe buprenorphine. This bill would increase treatment access for patients to medication-assisted treatment and make it much easier for them to find a provider to be a part of their care team. As far as benefits for clinicians, the waiver does not currently reflect the true skill set and ability of the healthcare team members and can create a stigma around who can and can't most effectively treat individuals with substance use disorder. Eliminating the X waiver would make it easier for medical professionals to integrate substance use disorder treatment into primary care and ambulatory care settings. Currently, there are 10 states that allow pharmacists to prescribe controlled substances, but are limited from a federal level, and this bill would eliminate that restriction for pharmacists. What else do you want to say to that point, Doug? To your point, Bailey, you mentioned that only 10 states grant pharmacists with a license to order controlled substances, including MOUDs. And so despite being licensed to provide access to MOUDs, pharmacists in these states are prevented from providing access to these medications by the X-wave requirement. And so this basically goes back to a patient access issue. And so if you've been following this issue for the past few years, in particular in the past few Congresses, you may have noticed that opioid use disorder treatments and prevention has been a very key and integral part of healthcare policy when it comes to both the House and the Senate side. I believe as far back as the 115th and 116th Congress, there were well over 100 pieces of legislation that dealt with opioid use disorder treatments. And so you could argue for a time being that this was the primary healthcare issue, you know, aside from general Medicare reimbursement issues and access that Congress was basically, you know, putting at the top of its wish list. Since the pandemic started, of course, that kind of took a little bit of a backseat. And if you look now at the docket, there aren't as many opioid-related bills in Congress. But for the most part, I think that this is starting to pick up again and again. I want to go back to the issue that this has all to do with patient access. I think that one of the 
primary benefits of this particular piece of legislation is that it opens up the ability for other providers to prescribe medication-assisted treatments. And so that's the way I think a lot of folks should look at it. And I think that basically at the end of the day, you're not necessarily looking at this as a provider status type of issue. I think you're looking at this more of a patient access issue. And I think that if and when that they ultimately limited the X waiver, it would greatly provide the ability for providers to take part in medication-assisted treatments and, as we stated earlier, increase that level of patient access that members of Congress would really like to see for our patients. Is there any opposition to this bill? There is some opposition. There are members in Congress, particularly from the Physicians Caucus, that have some hesitations with the passage of this bill. And they have some hesitations for a number of reasons. You know, we looked at potential costs, although there isn't technically a CBO score on this yet. They are concerned that if we were to open this up to other providers and other clinicians, that the costs would be something that would exceed what is currently been appropriated for. Again, I don't think that is something that is a credible argument, but that is something that has been brought up in years past. Another piece of opposition is the issue of diversion. So a lot of folks, particularly members of the Physicians Caucus, have been led to believe that if the X waiver were eliminated, it would basically cause a diversion issue in the sense that they worry that buprenorphine and other medication-assisted treatment drugs can be diverted and bought and sold on the streets, as an example. But I think that there has been literature, particularly from the DEA, that has indicated that an increase of buprenorphine prescriptions would actually decrease and not increase diversion. Ironically, even though there are members of the Physicians Caucus and you know several other stakeholders that have been opposed to eliminating the X waiver, the AMA is actually on record as supporting it. So. There's a little bit of conflict there, but I think that, you know, based on what we've seen most recently in regards to you know, various votes on this piece of legislation and the conversations that we've had on the Hill on both the House and the Senate side, I think that this is something that can be addressed. I wouldn't worry too much about that opposition, even though it's a small minority and it is a vocal minority. I think that for the most part, we've got fairly broad support, both from members of Congress and from various other stakeholders and healthcare community. Sounds like this bill is definitely gaining momentum. Can you talk about what the next steps are for this bill? So as we mentioned on the House side, there's close to 250 co-sponsors and a smaller number on the Senate side. But I'm happy to report that most recently there was a bill that was introduced on the House side, actually as recently last week, called the Mental Health and Wellbeing Act. And that's basically a broad bipartisan bill that addresses mental health. As part of that particular hearing that was held a few days ago, the MAD Act was included as an amendment to this particular piece of mental health legislation. It actually passed through committee by a vote of 45 to 10, including members Cologne and Kathy McMorris-Rogers, who both supported it. And so where we are right now with this is that we are looking to have a House floor vote on this mental health bill sometime in June. As it stands right now, I think it's received pretty favorable bipartisan support. So if I had to take a guess right now, I would imagine that there would be a strong probability that this passes the House floor and included in that, of course, would be the MAD Act. And so that stands true to form. Then we're looking at being almost halfway there. The next step, once the House passes the bill, if that occurs, is that the Senate would then have to pick up the bill, of course, as well. So The options there are basically they pick it up and vote on the bill as is, or they basically come up with another version of 
the bill on the Senate side. So the only obstacle that might come of that is if they basically don't take the bill up as is and introduce a Senate version of the bill. In that case, we're hoping that they do include the MAD Act. And, you know, we are basically gearing our grassroots efforts towards that potential event. And so I think for the most part, we're on track. As I mentioned before, I think it's going to pass the House come June. And hopefully when the Senate picks up their version of the bill, there aren't too many changes. And of course, we're hoping that the MAD Act is incorporated into the Senate version as well. ASHP will continue to keep our members up to date as we follow this. Other things to keep your eye on from ASHP around this issue include our engagement with the National Academy of Medicine, or NAM, Action Collaborative on countering the U.S. opioid epidemic, and the NAM Action Collaborative on Wellbeing and Resilience as a sponsored organization. ASHP staff were also appointed to the National Institute on Drug Abuse, or NIDA, task force to a roadmap utilizing retail pharmacies in addressing opioid use disorder would look like. Additional members suggested by ASHP were also appointed to this task force. ASHP continues to advocate for its pharmacist's role in reducing disparities in access to medications for opioid use disorder. And finally, we have two certificates available around this topic. One is ASHP Certificate on Opioid Stewardship, and the other is the Pain Management Certificate. So, Doug, that's a little bit about what ASHP continues to do around this topic. What can our members do specifically to help Sure, that's a great question. I think the, the most simple answer is to continue your grassroots efforts. If you've been following our news links and our website, there are a lot of resources that you can use to basically contact your representatives in both the House and, and the Senate and urge them specifically on the House side to vote for passage of the mental health bill coming up in June. And then subsequent to that, as I mentioned before, the next step would be, of course, to urge the Senate to take up this particular bill. And in particular, if and when they do take up the bill, encourage your senators to make sure that the MAD Act is included in the Senate version of the Mental Health Act. So, you know, we anticipate that this is going to start to pick up sometime in June. We don't know exactly what the timeline is for a Senate introduction of the bill, but I would imagine it would be sometime in the summer. Again, you know, mental health obviously is a key healthcare priority for Congress. And so I anticipate that they won't ignore the bill. I do anticipate that they will pick up on it. But again, we don't know exactly if they are going to basically use the House version of the bill, or if this is something that they're going to try to amend on the Senate side. We're hoping for the former, but if it is the latter, we do urge you to contact your senators and let them know that this is something that we would like to see included in any version of a Senate bill. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Doug Hewn for joining us to discuss the MAT Act. And thank you for all the time you've spent on the Hill on Pharmacists' behalf. As a pharmacist and a constituent, you have tremendous influence at the state and federal level. Visit ashp.org to learn more about key issues, grassroots efforts, and ways that you can get involved in ASHP's advocacy efforts. Thanks for having me, Billy. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.